Bit of a super long intro there, just to let it play out a little bit. Just letting it ride so, out. Ride out. We could have gone the full two minutes ten, but we've got a show to do, Lockman. That's true. Welcome to the NPL Victoria pod here on FNR Football Nation Radio. Nick Tabano and Lockie Flanagan in the studio, as we always are on a Tuesday night. The season, well, the home and away season has come to an end in all three tiers. But now... The silly season begins, Lockie. Welcome to the finals and the pro rail playoffs. And all the I'm getting. Jazz. I'm actually quite. Everyone else is really excited. I must have been. I'm getting a bit stressed, Nick. You're getting stressed. I'm getting a bit worried. Why? Well, now that we've made it to the end of the season for the first time in three years, I'm very afraid that I'm going to wake up, and that like I'm going to wake up and I'll be in my bed and I'm like, oh, oh. And, it's and then up. I'll look at the calendar. I realize it's 2020, and I'm like, oh. There was no full season. It was all an apparition. It was all a dream. None of it actually happened. South were never premiers. Avondale never missed the finals. Eastern Denny Lions Dong never City got relegated. Eastern Lions never went down. All the other things that happened in the other leagues. But <coughs> Preston no. never got promoted. No, it's... Look, if you pinch me right now, I'm just confirming for the podcast listeners, he did pinch me. It, it hurt a little bit. Yeah, Four out of ten. That's good. Um, you could you, You're a tougher man than that. You could have done a better job. <laughs> well, but you no, want me to pinch he, you he, pinched, that, he pinched me. He pinched me, and I didn't wake up. So this must be real. Um, how good is it? How good is it to finally, even though we haven't quite completed the season? I guess some would say, depending on where your side finish up, the best is yet to come. Oh, absolutely. But, oh God, it's just so oh, good to great. be looking back on a season that was as opposed to a season that might have been. Yeah, absolutely. Like, what a refreshing change of pace this is. Absolutely. And it's so great. We've got finals just around the corner. I mean, we had Super Saturday and Super Sunday throughout the the weekend. Super Saturday for the MPL 2, MPL 3, and, of course, State League 1 with teams coming up to MPL 3. And then, of course, Super Sunday with the finals race in the top tier and also the battle for that that all-important week off and get the chance to go straight to the semi-final. Uh, so today on the agenda, obviously, we will talk all about the final day in all three tiers and just how everything oh, has shaped up. Particularly in the bottom two tiers. Yeah. What a final day it was. Yeah, just what a, what bonkers. a final day. That oh. Saturday must have been one of the we've, best footballing Saturdays in, yeah, like, well, recent memories kind of a cop-out because there haven't <laughs> been a lot of those kind of Saturdays. But uh, as far back as I've been, been, you know, following the state leagues, that is as good as I can yeah, remember. And, and absolutely. And, I mean, there's a lot to get through, um, of course, with the promotion uh, battle that obviously ensued between the two. Well, the two. Well, they both were the Moreland sides, but one now being Moreland, one being Brunswick-Juventus. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. And, of course, the relegation. So well, who was going to uh, avoid that pro-rail playoff? Who was going to join the Pro Rail playoff in MPL three as well, and of course, who was going to go down from MPL three into State one? Then who was going to come up? But uh, today, Lockie, we're also going to be joined by Oakley Cannons' captain Tyson Holmes. We start to look ahead uh, to the finals this weekend, and of course, the Pro Rail playoffs. The Pro Rail playoffs, obviously, being Saturday and Sunday between GV Suns and Western United and Kingston versus Melbourne Victory. Both those games happening at Valley Park Events Centre, the old ABD Stadium up in Broadmeadows. And then, of course, our two uh, MPL1 finals this weekend, Lockie. Simultaneous kickoffs. So they've kept the the same kind of vibe. Uh, we get the, 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 the big green between uh, Green Gully and Bentley Greens. And then down Jack Edwards Reserve, Oakley versus Heidelberg. And Tyson Holmes will join us in a matter of minutes because he's had a big week and he's going to have a, a big game only days Honestly, after I'm, that. I'm going to be very surprised if... Tyson Holmes just joins us on one little Zoom frame because I, I'm just surprised he's not in pieces at the moment. He doesn't have to, like, join the Zoom call with different bits of him, like Exodia or something, like <laughs> the right leg of Tyson yes. Holmes and the left leg of Tyson well, Holmes. He he was – you know what's it's funny? Everyone at the conclusion of their Australia Cup upset over Brisbane City was, you know – clearly a bit ginger as they were walking and had a bit of a, a waddle. You would have seen it mm, when absolutely, you were there. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, you know, most people would call that limping, but I think the Oakley squad just, just call it walking these days. They're just so They're used so to uh, tired, carrying I mean, some kind of with, soreness with that all, they are soldiering on. Yeah, but with, 
Yeah, soldiering so, into the finals as well. Yeah, with all the injuries that are piling up, but still a lot of exciting games for Oakley. I mean, between the, the game against Heidelberg this weekend in the, the elimination final in Sydney FC a few days later at Jack Edwards Reserve, if you can't get to one, try get to the other. It's going to be a bonkers few days down there at Jack Edwards. And the pitch looked great the other night. It looks like it's going to hold up again for really a big fortnight because obviously you mentioned Brisbane City, then Hume City coming to town, then Heidelberg, and then Sydney FC. I mean, Jack Edwards Reserve is going to be the, the ground staff are going to be very busy keeping it up to up to some good nick uh, by the time we get to you know the, the nitty gritty and obviously finals just around the corner. So we'll chat to Tyson in a couple of minutes just about how things are shaping up. Um, obviously, in terms of all that's going on with the Australia Cup and of course the NPL finals too. So, Lockie, before we get to that, let's just for those who have been living under a rock um, over the last few days, just to sort of lay the foundation of what, how everything has ended in all three tiers, and this is how it has all ended. So the finals, all locked in, top six locked in, South Melbourne, Port Melbourne, top two sides, they get the week off uh, this week. Oakley, Green Gully, Bentley, Heidelberg, Avondale misses out. Dandy City wow. and Eastern Lions relegated to MPL 2. Can you up- believe that, though? Absolutely. It's, like it's unbelievable. Out on the final. It's unbelievable. Uh, coming up from NPL 2 is Moreland City and North Geelong Warriors. And going down, well, not confirmed just yet, but the two sides in the Pro Rail playoffs, Kingston and Golden Valley Suns, they play both Melbourne Victory and West United Academy sides this weekend, as mentioned. But coming up from NPL 3 is Preston and Melbourne City. And going down, Springvale White Eagles, who <laughs> knocked out of that third last position by Ballarat City in that last game, joining Whittlesey in State League One next year and a whole host of teams coming up, including Caroline uh, Caroline Springs, George Cross, Essendon Royals, Bo Morris and Borundara, even though there is well, one team that isn't too happy we shall, about. We shall see. And we'll talk about that just a little bit later. But without further ado, let's get into it, Lockie. Let's start to look ahead towards the finals this weekend. We mentioned Oakley's massive fortnight, and it's a third of... Um, Four big games to come. They finally get a, a good week's rest now. Yeah, and, and as, I, as I said to you before, Nick, I'm just glad the person who's about to uh, join us is joining us all in one piece. It's a, yes. it's a relief. No, absolutely, because they've just been playing so many games over the last month. But it's been a it's been one hell of a ride for Oakley, and we're joined now by their captain, Tyson Holmes. Tyson, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, Tyson, I mean, take us through the last couple of weeks. I mean, you know, into the quarterfinals of the Australia Cup, now into finals. I mean, it's been game after game, short turnarounds. It must feel strange to have a full week now to prepare. Yeah, it does. We are actually saying the other day, it feels like we haven't actually trained in a very long time now. It's pretty much been game, recover, game, recover for quite a while now. Um, you know, it's, it's great for the club and great for the team. Um, you know, we want to be involved in as many competitions as possible. Um, but it's also, yeah, it has sort of taken its toll as well on the squad a little bit because we've had a few injuries and things like that. And also boys being cup tied doesn't help. Mm. Um, so we've really had to try and dig in with what players we have at the moment. Well, particularly, you know, particularly you know, injuries are one thing, cup ties are another thing, but when you have to merge them all together, like you guys did in the Australia cup, you guys really were the, uh, the wounded warriors. And it, it doesn't help when you, uh, end up going to extra time as well and playing an extra 30 minutes of football on top of what you guys did. Take us through uh, your experience of that game out there on the park because that was just an absolutely crazy fixture against Brisbane City. I remember speaking to Chris Taylor beforehand and he was like, oh, if we can just scrape through, that would be a good result. I'm not sure he quite expected to scrape through like that. Yeah, look, it was just a, one of those crazy cup games. We knew Brisbane City were going to be really up for it. Um, you know, they'd be excited, have their tails up to come to Melbourne and, and play against a team like ours. Um, but, you know, how we had to set up, like we had our leading goal scorer, Wade Decker, at left back. We had Big Nick up top, who I think I heard the commentators say had played a total of 68 minutes all year. Um, so, look, it was we started really well. Obviously, credit to Brisbane City. They kind of always kept within arm's length, though, and managed to... Um, to get that late equaliser to send in extra time, but we just had to reset at that point and um, and just refocus and and sort of believe in what we do. And I think we got our just rewards in extra time. But like you said, look, it, it wasn't ideal having to play that extra half an hour. We definitely didn't need it. Just on Nick Tyson, I mean, sixty eight minutes all season heading into last week. I mean, it's easy when you're not playing and you can kind of get your head down and in those moments where you're just not seeing much of. Uh, the pitch, and then to take your opportunity like he did. I guess how encouraging is it that someone like Nick can just flick a switch in a game like that, 
come up big. It looked like he could have easily scored. I mean, he had a penalty save, but even beyond yes. that, he could have easily scored four or five goals. I mean, just a, a comment on him and his character and just how he's been able to stay ready and be prepared for a moment like that. Yeah, look, Nick has honestly been phenomenal all year. You know, he, he, I know for a fact he would be disappointed in, I guess, his lack of minutes. Um, that was his first start for the team. Um, but around the club, around the change rooms, he rocks up every training session. He, he has a smile on his face. He brings a lot of hype and joy to the team and the squad. And he's just there basically for the boys. Um, he's been waiting for that moment for quite some time now. And it was just really good that, um, that a lot of his hard work, like he stays back after training and works on finishing and things like that all the time. Um, so I think that kind of came to fruition. That was kind of his moment. Um, you know, he's been waiting for that. And it was, it was really good to see him get a couple of goals and, and all the boys get around him a bit and sort of give back to, um, you know, because he's had to sit there in the wings and pretty much watch us most of the year. So he's just been awesome um, for the character of the group. And, um, yeah, it was good to... Yeah, good to see him get off the mark and, and get some reward for his efforts. Yeah, it was, as you said, just for a just reward because it, the important thing to remember in that game as well is obviously, yes, you, you you know, it's an NPL opponent against another NPL opponent, which is nothing new for you guys. But, you know, he was coming up against someone in, in Daniel Bowles who, like, is yep. not that long ago an A-League defender. He's not, you know, a, an old A-League defender. He's, he's 30 now. And honestly, Nick, a, a lot of times throughout that game, uh, I thought made him look second rate with the amount of amount of work he was putting into to lead the line. Yeah, definitely. And one thing with Nick is his hold up play is uh is awesome. He's so strong. Like mm. at training you cannot get the ball off him. Um one thing obviously he probably lacked it late in the game was was match fitness, but you know that that's quite understandable. But um during the game he was he was attracting two, three defenders, holding the ball off and then laying it off for the likes of, you know, Joe Guest and Chris Locust and the other attackers. So what he was doing is actually drawing a lot of attention because of his size and his strength. And then it was actually bringing other players into play. And I think you saw that even in Guesty's performance. Um, it allowed him to to be a lot more free, um, get on the ball, score some goals, create goals. So um, it, it was just an all-around great performance, I think, from um, from a lot of the players. Well, I'm I'm glad you brought him up because that's exactly where I was was going to to head to next. Uh, Nick got the the first two, and then Joe was in, involved in either scoring or creating all of all of the rest in that game. I mean, how much do you enjoy working in that sort of midfield trio that usually is yourself, uh, Oliver, and and Joe? You know, knowing Joe's that sort of uh, creative presence that you've you've got further ahead. That that sounds like it's a it's a really fun midfield to to play in. And uh, and not only that, it's a midfield that you know when it's when it's ticking along, it's it's probably the best in the competition. Yeah, look, I, I love playing in there with with those two. Um, you know, I came to the club, I think back in twenty twenty would have been my first year, and um, and Joe had just come had come off winning the gold medal, and I'd won it the year before, so mm. I, I was just really looking forward to actually playing with him. Um, and then from that, those come out of really kind of nowhere is Ollie. Ollie's a bit of an unsung hero of mm. that midfield. Uh, he's he's young. He covers a lot of ground. He makes a lot of um, lot of interceptions, a lot of break up play tackles, and allows um, yeah allows me to get on the ball. And then obviously my job is to feed it forward and, and get the likes of Joe Guest, Joe Knowles, Lucas Decker, and those sorts of players on the ball. Um, but yeah, look, I guess he's one of those, he's one of those impact players that, um, you can kind of blink in a game and he can put the game to bed. He's extremely explosive and he does a lot of damage, um, in the front third in particular with like his, his second man runs. So I guess having me and Ollie behind him as well, gives him the freedom to really take off and kind of gamble a bit as well. Um, because yeah, and then it's mine and Ollie's job to sort of sit there and, and control things and, um, and yeah, kind of protect him as, in a way. Tyson, looking ahead to this weekend, I mean, Heidelberg is is on the horizon. It's a team that you probably haven't had as much luck with against, at least in the league sense this year. Um, what are you expecting from them? Because they've had a bit of an up and down season as well. They've kind of scraped in on the final day. Um, but obviously coming to your home deck, as we spoke about, you get a full week to prepare for this game. What sort of game are you expecting from them when they come to town this weekend? Yeah, look, I've I've come up against Heidelberg quite a lot in finals over the years, and um, I know what obviously Kasakis is all about. Um, you know, he they'll they'll be up for it. Um, they'll be extremely physical, extremely vocal, really in your face kind of team. Um, and as you said, they're the only team this year so far, I believe, that have done the double over us. I think. Um, 
So, yeah, look, they'll have their tails up about that. And, um, you know, they've got a lot of good players as well. Um, yeah, Katza, you know, he um, especially comes finals times. Heidelberg are always there, thereabouts. So, um, you know, they're, they're going to, to bring a lot of physicality to the game and a, and a lot of um, aggression and attack. And, uh, yeah, we've just got to be ready for that and, um, and play to our strengths. And we've we've sort of seen since Heidelberg had their Australia Cup commitments of their own, obviously not progressing as far as, as you guys have, but it has seemed like in the past couple of weeks that that fixture against an A-League opposition really did take quite a lot out of them physically. You know, obviously they got the win against the Eastern Lions, but previous to that they'd been struggling a little bit. Does it make it your challenge this week and your task a little bit easier knowing that you're coming up against a, a squad that to an extent have also had those sort of same physical challenges and f- physical battles to contend with towards the point end of the season, as opposed to another team who maybe haven't been quite as deep in, in the cup as you guys have? Yeah, well, look, in, I think in all honesty, out of the top six, I think the only two that haven't had a cup run is the two top two teams, mm. Port and, and mm. South. And I, I think you can probably see that as well in their in their squads at the moment. You know, they've got full squads to um, to pick from. Um, everyone seems fit and healthy and they're firing. And, and um, you know, that's um, you know, that, that's great for them. But the other clubs, obviously, um, third, fourth, fifth and sixth, you know, we've had cup runs and are dealing with those extra games, which they do take their toll, uh, definitely. Um but you know, I think some teams now now the Gully's out, Heidelberg's out, or Bentley's out. Um, you know, I think some of those teams in the last week or two, I think you've seen their performances probably improve as well without that mm. midweek fixture. Um, so look, it definitely plays a part. Obviously, the good thing is for us is we don't have that this week, um, which is I think the first time in a while we we're not going to be doubling up, which is nice. Um, but then obviously, then we've got to back it up on the Wednesday and, and play Sydney FC, which. You know, isn't going to be a, an, an easy game either. Well, how are you feeling about that fixture in in the context of everything else that um, that is going on? Because we've seen, you know, particularly Heidelberg is one example, but Avondale, obviously, the more recent taking Brisbane to to penalties. Brisbane, sorry, Bentley, obviously, and Sydney had a very close yep. encounter in in the previous round. How are you feeling about the the prospect of of taking on Sydney? Because obviously. I can only imagine as a player managing all these different commitments, you must be caught because on the one hand, you guys want to go all the way in the finals, want to give yourself the best chance. But on the other, to host an A-League team, to give yourself the chance of knocking off uh, someone like a a Sydney FC and progressing to, I believe, the the semis for the first time in in Oakley's history would also be a massive achievement. So how, how are you feeling about that? Well, look, I, I think a big part in it depends on what um, what happens Friday night against Heidelberg. Obviously, mm. if we beat Heidelberg, well, then we've got to actually think about and focus a bit on on the following week, which would be obviously Port Melbourne away. Um, so that comes into part. Obviously, if we don't get the result against Heidelberg, well, then you basically throw everything you've got into Sydney FC anyway on the Wednesday. Um, as I said before, the issue for us in those cup games is we've got guys like Barcia and Losty who we brought in mid-season. They're cup-tied. Mm. So our squad depth on the Wednesday becomes very thin. I think against Brisbane City, the 11 players we had out there were the only senior players we put in our squad. The rest was all under 20s and a lot of those boys that have never even debuted for the senior team before. So, I, look, I think I, I did watch them against Bentley. I thought Bentley were very good against them. Um, for more reports as well, they, um, you know, probably felt a bit unlucky, unlucky and, and probably rightly so. But, you know, they took them all the way. Um and I think you saw that as well, Avondale against Brisbane Raw. I didn't get to watch that game, but I saw Charlie Austin's interview and he said that Avondale were probably the better team and those sort of things. So, you know, there's there's um, you know, there, there's a lot of opportunity there for players, especially our young playing group. Um, the issue is, is they're signing players at the moment. I know they've signed Jack Rodwell, I think another visa from Nottingham Forest. Um Whereas, you know, we're towing players along at the moment. So, look, it'll, it'll be a great night for the club either way, um, what happens. But, um, yeah, we'll just give it our best shot and see how we go. Just in terms of personnel, Tyson, I saw Oscar was warming up on Wednesday at least to go, going through his run-throughs. Is there any hope that maybe you could get someone like Oscar Dillon back? Because at least that does help, you know, at least from a defensive sense, but just getting some some players on the park and, you know, maybe Wade doesn't have to fill in at left back as often and maybe he can get further up the pitch. Are, are you hoping to get Oscar and maybe some more players back? Yeah, look, hopefully we can get Oscar. I'm not exactly sure um, where he's at, but look, Oscar's, Oscar's massive 
massive for us. He's just a calming presence in that back line. Um, and I, th- I think we've missed him in the last few weeks, definitely, back there. Um, look, he's, he's trying his hardest to get back, but whether he whether he gets there or not, I'm, I'm not sure. Because um, he, he tore his hammy really bad last year. Um, and then this year definitely wasn't as bad as last year's. But, um, but yeah, he's trying to go through his paces and hopefully we can we can maybe see him in the in the near future. But in terms of other players, um, I don't believe that there's anyone else that we're actually even a possibility of, of getting back. Um, so I think it's just all on Oscar at the moment, um, whether he can make it or not, which, yeah, not sure about. What's what's been the secret for you know for a manager like Chris and and for a leader like yourself, someone as experienced as you are? What's been the the secret to holding this group of players together throughout the season? Because when players and not just any players, important players, players that you really care about, you know, friends as well as teammates, are dropping in the way they are, and with such severe injuries, too, it would be. Very easy to to drop your heads, um, lose confidence, that sort of thing. How have you sort of managed that within the the the, the playing squad and, and sort of stop them from unbundling themselves? Yeah, look, it's been it's been quite tough from that um, from that um, side of things this year. Like we have a really cr- close group. Um, there's no egos in the training rooms. We all get along. It's always great in there. So, you know, we've been unfortunate. We've we've had some pretty tough. Um, tough things to see this year, like Matt Thurtell having to stand in front of the group and tell them that he just he can't run anymore. Um, we had Jacob Aliopoulos do his ACL, um, and then unfortunately, three days later, his uncle passed away, and then a couple of days after that, then his father passed away, all in six days or something. Um, so that was that was extremely challenging for the group. Um, you know, we all went to his father's funeral and we just tried to be there for Jakey as much as possible away from the field because those sorts of things, football comes irrelevant. Um, but what it's done is is really galvanised the group together. Uh, we've got each other's back. Um, you know, we've got even guys like Hamish, um, mm-hmm. Hamish Miller, he's gone for the season as well and he's been out for quite some time. So... You know, we just all stick together um, and try and, you know, I guess some of us more experienced boys just try and lead by example, um, always doing the right things recovery-wise, treatment-wise, getting out in the park and training and just trying to um, just trying to work through. You know, at this, time, at this stage of the year, everyone's running at about 60%, 70%. No one's feeling 100%. Um, but you've just got to basically um, – just get yourself out, get your bodies out in the field and um, and just have a go and, and that's what it's all about at this time of year. And and look, it, it's it's a it's a credit to to the group of players that you guys in the context of all of that have been able to still continue to to get results towards this back end of the season and you know, obviously not getting the top two finish but still finishing third. Um, what what would it mean, given all the, the different challenges you guys have gone through over the course of this season, how much football you have played, what would it mean to be able to potentially get to that? Obviously, you don't want to think about it just yet, but get to that grand final and, and hoist it and be able to, you know, bring those um, those wounded warriors who, you know, can come in their, in their suits or their playing tracks or whatever and, and potentially lift some silverware. Look, it, w- it would be massive for the club. At the start of the year, that was, you know, that was one of the things that we penciled in that we wanted most. Um, obviously, on the flip side, the, it's cliche, but we've been a victim of our own success this year. Um, I think us and Bentley have played, or probably us now that we played Brisbane City the other night, I'm not sure, but we probably played more games than any other team. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you've said, we we continue to to perform and and play all these games while still staying top two. You know, we end up slipping out of the top two in the second last round of the season after being there the whole year. Um so look, it's just been a massive year for the club, um, for the playing group, and um, and look, if, if we could, yeah, lift that trophy, it would just be, it would be awesome for for not only the the players that were out there, but as as I've mentioned, the you know the boys that have been um, that have been wounded this year, had their seasons ended, and that sort of thing. Like, and that's what I say to players at the moment. Like, even if you're sixty or seventy percent fit, at least you're at least you're in a position where you can go out there and play. We've got boys at the moment that don't have a choice that sit there and watch us every game and could imagine how they'd be feeling. So, um, you know, we're in a position now where we, we've got an opportunity. Um, we've made the final, so that was that's the first thing you've got to do to actually compete for, for the grand final. So, um, 
yeah, look, it's it's up to us now. We've just got to reset and just um, yeah, play some finals football. Well, Tyson, good luck for Friday. Good luck for next Wednesday as well. It's a, it's a massive week for the club. It's an exciting week for the club. Um, you know, hopefully there's more Oakley football to come beyond the next week or so. But uh, yeah, good good luck again. Good luck to yourself and all the teammates. Should be a great game. Yeah, thank you. I really appreciate it. And hopefully there'll be you know a few people come out Friday night and um, see a good game of football. Absolutely. Well, that is. Uh... Holmes joining us here on FNR Football Nation Radio here on the MPL Victoria pod. Obviously, Lockie, it's going to be a massive couple of days coming up for Oakley. Uh, obviously, looking ahead to Friday in that massive sem- elimination final, first and foremost, mm. against Heidelberg. And then, of course, the Australia Cup game against Sydney FC. But, Lockie, before we look ahead, let's look back just very quickly and just take our eye back to the final day. You were commentating not only Wednesday night, but also commentating down on Sunday as part of the Super Sunday at the Oakley versus... Oh, my God. Was that the same? That was the same week, Same week, mate. You're just just becoming becoming a regular at the moment. You should should honestly build a bed there, mate. You may as well just set up a mattress (laughs) in the turret. I'll I'll uh, chat to Pakur and Rebecca about that. They might be able to sort me out. Well, Lockie, it wasn't obviously out of all the games. It wasn't probably the most glamorous, but because we are running on short on time today and we've been told by our overlords that we have to go for 60 minutes today. We've got Pakua out there looking at us. I never agreed to that. Uh, But we also have a show straight after this, Lockie, by the name of Paco Radio. I never agreed to that. (laughs) The season finale of Paco Radio that we need to get to as well with Alex Kobo and Oliver Stankowski. Um, Let's obviously let's start off with that Oakley versus Hume game. Hume with a one nil win. It, uh, you know, assure that they wouldn't lose 10 nil and Dandy City wouldn't lose yeah, 10 nil. The best so way Hume to assure safe. you don't lose yeah, 10 nil is to win 1 nil. That's, that's good strategy. Hume is safe, but Oakley have now will go into finals having yeah. lost four of their last five in the league. And as a result, third place was locked in for them. What did you take out of that game? Was it, was it hard to take anything out of it because just how gassed Oakley were? Uh, having played 120 minutes a few days prior. I, I, th- I think it was a bit. And and to be honest, I think the reason I wasn't shocked or stunned or couldn't take too much out of it was because this is just sort of the trend that's emerged post-Australia Cup. We have seen teams play mm-hmm. in midweek, come out the back end and not get the desired result. Um, yeah. Heidelberg have looked uh, a mile off. We obviously saw Green Gully have that shock against Melbourne Knights in the catch-up round after mm. they'd played Australia Cup football as well. Um, you know, they, they fielded pretty much a, a second string 11 at, at Thunder this season just to conserve their energy. So I, I don't think it's anything out of the ordinary. Look, I actually thought this was quite a, a good game, to be honest with you. I mean, it was, it was end-to-end. There were good passing sequences. But the the profligacy from both sides, I think, really stopped this from being uh, a, a goal fest. Mm. And, yeah, it was... it the The other big thing as well is that Chris Taylor decided to to rest and bench both Oliver Kublai and Daniel Clark uh, because they were on four yellow cards, and so he didn't want them suspended for the next game. Mm-hmm. And so maybe there was a part of Chris Taylor that sort of knew and accepted that that second, you know, that top two, that double chance was maybe going to be out of reach for them anyway, and that really the Hume game wasn't the bit where it all went wrong. It was the St Albans game, uh, St Albans game the week before, and yeah, I mean you take you take two. F- first team starters out of any players out of any team spine um especially one that's already missing so many players and you're never going to be absolutely at your best i do think people actually underestimate what an important role daniel clark plays in the way that oakley actually function as a unit so i'll be interested to see whether his reintroduction you presume against mm. heidelberg um brings a, a massive improvement kubelay as well as tyson holmes said as we've said this year is the unsung hero of that oakley team so those two inclusions will bring a new lease of life into them. So I, w- I wouldn't be sounding the panic button over the loss to Hume, but that's, yeah, I, I think this is kind of to be expected when you've played 120 minutes of football in in midweek. But uh, for Hume, gr- honestly, green shoots. This I think the last two weeks will give them really big hope for, for season 2023 that they can sort of uh, recoup, invest. Um, but, yeah, Osan Gulam from the two games I've seen have – is starting to shape them into into being an even more competitive outfit, mm. but not not a more competitive outfit because they have been competitive all season. They just haven't got the results. But this they're starting to show a bit more of that that cutting edge now. And um, as while we're talking about green shoots, you know who stays for next season, who goes. I really hope they keep a hold of Sam Ford. He's been mm. excellent the past two weeks. His hold up play, 
uh, against uh, a really good young defender in Anthony Pantasopoulos and an experienced defender in Alan, Aaron Williams on the weekend uh, was brilliant. His goal, excellently taken. Uh, I really hope that Hume keep a hold of him because I think he'll be an asset not just to them but to the league. But, yeah, um, this, I think, was always going to be on the cards given the way Oakley were going. I think the the crucial thing is with that week break, what kind of a team arrives at Jack Edwards on Friday night? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think um, if Oakley can just get their full complement out for that game against Heidelberg, I think that they probably should still be able to win that game. Um, I think that I mean, this the, the week, ga- Sunday, look, talking about last Sunday, Lockie, I mean, as you mentioned, like you got to think high risk, high reward. You don't want to get more players potentially pulling up with cramp, more players that might join the injury list. You got to think about sort of yeah. long, longevity, and I think they'd back themselves in the three v six. It's a home game, regardless. And, and and as well, a lot of a lot of people outside looking into this game, and me too, because I was trying to obviously construct a narrative out of the game that I'm calling. Um, there's a bit of self interest to play here, but everyone assumes that the double chance is what they want because it gives them that extra week break. But <clears throat> and that's probably true. But there's also an argument to suggest that Chris Taylor is looking at it and is like. We've played more games than anyone else this year. Yeah. What is one extra game sure. in the final series Absolutely. to us? Um, and a week off sometimes can actually be a detriment. Yeah, because, I mean, you, know, I mean, you lose that continuity. A week is for a team like Bentley or Oakley. Just not having to play in midweek for one week is still huge. Yeah, absolutely, it's still huge. They get, so, they, well, it's a five-day turnaround, unfortunately. It's not a full week, but it is at least something. But that's more than they usually yeah, get at the absolutely. moment. They'll actually get to train. Yeah, which is which is massive. And, of course, they did lose both games against Heidelberg in the league this season. But, nonetheless, we'll preview that game a little bit later on. Lockie, just looking at some of the games, because obviously there were a couple, quote-unquote, dead rubbers with, um, yeah, you know, yeah. obviously how the, the league kind of worked out. We'll go to them now quickly. Uh, Dandy Thunder 3, Green Gully nil. I mean, Green Gully basically played the kids, quote-unquote, played the kids, because they already had fourth place wrapped up after beating Eastern Line 7-0 in that catch-up game uh, earlier in the week. So Dandy Thunder were... Quite clinical in getting that result. Unfortunately for Dandy Thunder, they won't play finals. But Green Gully, on the other hand, just looking ahead now to playing Bentley Greens on Friday night on their home deck. But uh, I don't think that there's really too much else to take out of that game, Lockie, because Dandy Thunder, unfortunately, weren't playing for anything bar pride. And Green Gully at that point is just all about resting everyone up, getting them ready to go for the Bentley game. No, and I do think that in different sports competitions over over the years, we have seen teams cop flack for playing a a second string yep. eleven or rotating uh, when they know they're moving on to bigger and better things on the final day. Particularly, you know, we've seen that happen in in the AFL. A the fair, big the big Ross Lyon strategy right there. A, you a know? fair bit. Uh, to be honest, though, um, I think in this specific instance, I don't really think you can begrudge Gully, or at least at least I don't like they've played another team who have been involved going deep into the cup, getting through to the round of 16. They played that catch-up game as well, so they didn't even get the benefit of a break um, on the on the Doherty Cup weekend either. I, I think this is a, is a fair enough decision. If, if you can't give yourself that extra break that you want, you know you're not going to make any higher than you currently are in fourth place. Um, why not? Why not manufacture a rest for, for some of your key starters? I think the fascinating thing for me with respect to, to Green Gully. Um, by the way, I've been very impressed with that, with Nick Giorizzo, who started this game. He's one to one to watch out for, I think, um, or one that I'll be keeping an eye on, at least maybe no one else cares what I have to say. Uh, what I'll be fascinated to see is, with this extra week break, um, you expect most of the regular first-teamers who didn't play that day to return and to be available against Bentley. Mm-hmm. Does that include Noel Bernada? Because he hasn't played since half-time... Uh, since he was subbed out at halftime in the catch-up round against Melbourne Knights. Mm-hmm. Now, I was at that game, and I, I'm just going to preface this by I don't want to cast aspersions. I'm not suggesting that anything untoward has happened or anything like that, but he was brought off at halftime. Now, you would assume that he's had an injury. I, I didn't see it during the game. That's all That's all I'm going to say. But that's not me suggesting that anything weird has happened mm-hmm. or something like that. But I do think it'll be fascinating to see with all this extra sort of time away whether he'll be back for the Green Gully uh, for yeah. the Bentley game because you think, you think that you've got to do everything you can to get him right because he's a de- genuine match winner yeah ab- absolutely absolutely yeah, um and if anything the fact that he was taken off at halftime in a game where he didn't look to be injured is sometimes more concerning um but yeah you would you would want a, a player who can create such magical moments like Noel Bernardo to be available yeah. 
for a game against Bentley. Absolutely. So obviously, as mentioned, Green Gully, Bentley, Friday night uh, at, I think that's at 7.30 down at Green Gully Reserve. It's yes. half an hour earlier than Oakley versus Heidelberg. Uh, the other dead rubber game was Altona versus St. Albans, and we thought this would be the ultimate 1-0, but in the end, St. Albans ripped up the script, and they've ended the season on quite a high note. Seven points in their last nine games, a 5-1 win at Paisley Park. Moad Zwed with two goals, uh, Gurgic as well with two goals as well. Uh, quite a convincing win for them. They've ended the season on quite a high note, uh, unfortunately for Altona. I mean, at least both those teams are staying up, but they head into an off-season with a lot of intrigue because given the the sides that are coming up and given, I guess, the expected improvements of the likes of Dandy Thunder, Melbourne Knights, Hume City, and even Avondale for the teams that missed out on finals, they're going to find themselves probably, if they don't start to make some significant improvements, to be down there yet again. But for St. Albans, great way to end the season. They scored... Get this, a fifth of their goals for the season on, yeah. sun, on Sunday. They'd 25 scored... for the season, five goals on a Sunday. Great way to end the season. Well, I, I think in the lead up to the Oakley game, they'd scored four goals in their last yeah. nine games from which they had just one win. So they've scored seven in the past two. I mean, yeah, and five on the final day, which I think just goes Absolutely. to show you how crazy football can be sometimes. Um, I'm, Yeah, it's going to be going to be intriguing to see what kind of lessons... Uh, Altona take out of their their end of the season. Obviously, back to back wins for St Albans does masquerade a few problems, but yeah, one win in nine to end the year for Savas Batikas. What what do yeah. Altona and him as a head coach take out of that? What do they yeah. glean from it to improve for next season? Because yeah, if they carry the form they did in the back half of this year into next year, they're going to be in yeah, trouble. Absolutely. We'll we'll do a bit more reviewing of all these sides a little bit in a couple of weeks. I reckon we'll do a bit of a big off-season review. We'll start to look ahead to 2023 because obviously there's a lot of intrigue surrounding those sides going into next year and what they can do and what's going to be a very competitive uh, top tier of MPL football. Uh, Lockie, let's go to Gardens Creek Reserve. Unfortunately for Eastern Lions, they didn't get that famed win at home, but they were in fact battered by Heidelberg on their way back down at MPL 2. Heidelberg did what they had to do, a 5-1 win, uh, two goals from Maki Petratos, Costa Petratos as well. The J-Pin got on the score sheet as well, and of course, Aiden Fentahagic. They put the game away quite early, 3-0 at halftime, and that was that. Yeah, I mean, obviously in genuine terms in sort of table where they are in the league terms, uh, Eastern Lions, Eastern Lions have been, you know, in technical terms in the NPL, in the top flight. But I think the last two weeks against Green Gully and against Heidelberg, I do think that mentally they've pretty much just been in the NPL too. Like against Gully and against Heidelberg, these have been performances where mentally I'm in the second division of Victorian football. And honestly, I, I, I think the back end of this season, not just the performances on the pitch, but the amount of goals they've conceded, the performances they've put in, you do start to worry with a club like Eastern Lions. Like it's a single relegation for them this season. I fear that it might... It could get worse. They strike you as the kind of side, not just with the results, not just with the performances, but with the turbulence off-season as well, uh, that that could be at risk of a, of, a, of a double relegation. Because like I said, up until this week, they've been in the top flight, but I think mentally their head's been in the NPL too for some time. And you can't help but worry if, if someone like a Kingston uh, are a cautionary tale yeah, for the absolutely. Eastern Lions. And MPL2 next year is going to be ridiculously catastrophic. Yeah, it's not going to be just any NPL2. It's going to be probably the hardest NPL2 competition I've seen in my time covering the league. Catastrophic in the sense that it could be catastrophic for them if uh, they're not sort of uh, ready for what's coming on the other side of this because it's going to be an incredible NPL2 season next year. But... Nonetheless, for Heidelberg, they're into the top six. They finished sixth. Uh, apologies for those on the stream that are just watching. 
we uh, had a bit of a phone call. We had someone. We had to go get the guys from downstairs, Lockie. So I uh, had to just do a bit of a. It was almost like a um, what you see behind the curtain of in a theatre production. The, the 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 back room change, a quick change of clothes, back up, get back onto the stage, sort of. So I got to talk about my favourite trivia subject, which is the Eastern Lions. Yes, so absolutely. No good. No, no one. Keep, keep there's no real note. losers there, Nick. I'll keep that one in notes. Other uh, than the Eastern <laughs> Lions, so of course. Go keep down. that in note for a trivia question. But anyways, we'll talk about the other side that went down, the other side that locked in finals. That's Bentley against Dan. City 5 0 win for Bentley. Uh, just dominant from the word go. I mean, uh, Yogurt Mustafa scored inside the first minute. Uh, then goals from Corey Sewell, Ajak Riak, Lucas Terrick, and Pierce Waring back in the team, back on the score sheet. Nice little uh, handy boost for Bentley going into finals. Uh, uh, just the win they needed to get to lock themselves inside the top six. Took care of business. But for Dandy City, uh, they're on their way down to MPL2. Very similar situation, I think, for them next season going into MPL2. But in I think that they're in a better position, in my opinion, personally, when you look at their squad and look at how the, the, the club is governed, that they're going to be right up there again to potentially come straight back up in what is, again, a very competitive promotion race. It depends as well who they keep. Uh, Steven Topalovic, yeah, well, that's the thing, potentially it, on the way you, out. You, you say squad, but then you really don't know of course, but, how many of these But of course, remember one there. thing as well. Dandy City will be able to attract talent. They will be well, able to attract talent, they've and got, they've already got a lot of established talent who I think will stick around next they've season. They've got such great facilities. They're going to have, at least you would expect, finances that will be comparable with some of the better teams in the NPL 2, um, if not right up there at, at, at the very top. I think, yeah, I, I think there are, I would be a lot more hopeful um, of seeing them again in the top flight Mm. in the next few years than I would the the, the Eastern Eastern Lions. And I, I'm not trying to just rag on the Eastern Lions here. Feels like you are, mate. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. Um I'm not I'm not just trying to, to come after them or anything. I I've had absolutely lovely dealings with every single yeah. person I've ever spoken to at that club. I, I really you know, we don't play favourites um as as commentators, but you know, Eastern Lions are a club that when you meet very, the people you do have a soft spot yeah. for them. Um but I just think you compare them to a Dandenong City, it's going to be much harder for them oh, to contend absolutely. with the financial means that are going to be offered on NPL2, um, and those financial means will be but, above your average NPL2 season. Yeah, absolutely. And the one thing about as but I I'm happy to be wrong Dandy about City, that too. One thing about Dandy City is that they're going to be a team that probably a lot of team, a lot of players who are looking to make a move. You're a good NPL3 player, or it's a player just looking to get a bit of a fresh start somewhere else. A player looking to get some minutes who aren't playing in NPL1. Dandy City is one of those teams I reckon that players are going to want to go to. It'll be curious to see where they go in a coaching scenario. Obviously, Lubin Palonic uh, was the caretaker for most of this season after Mickey Cholina was uh, moved on. So whether they stick with Lubin Palonic as the head coach is something to certainly keep an eye on for next season. So the last two games of NPL 1 this weekend, Port Melbourne 2, Melbourne Knights 0. Port Melbourne wrapping up a top two spots. Chris Duggan and Troy Ruthven with the goals. Just... You know what, Lockie? It's what you expect from Port Melbourne. It's just a typical Port Melbourne win. They were they were the better side on the day. Melbourne Knights, I thought, have ended this season on quite a high note. Another team to keep an eye on for next season. Just in terms of some of the results they've gotten, I think the, the typical new coach bounce, I think, has worked in their favour. Yeah. Um, it's not as bad as it probably could have gotten, but I think for them as well, a lot of intrigue surrounding who's going to coach them, who sticks around next year, and whether they can make that jump next season because they're a team that have not been in the finals for such a long time. But for Port Melbourne, primed, ready to go for finals. They're the dark horse. They're the team no one wants to play. Uh, Going to yeah. be a very intriguing run from here. I mean, the, the Knights just just have to. Like, how many more times, how many more seasons are going to go by when we say there are no more excuses? Yeah, I know. This is not good enough. You know, this must change. This will change. Like, how many times? I mean, I don't – again, a club who I, I don't – have it in for or anything like that. I again really like the people I've spoken to from from Knights. I think they have capacity to be one of, you know, again one of the the greatest clubs in in Australian football, and I genuinely do mean that. Um, but this just can't go on, um, especially in the context of, of of what else is at play. Uh, this rot has to stop this season. Mm-hmm. And as you said, Nick, I think it is pleasing in that context that we have seen some some better performances, some good players come through in the back end of this season, particularly those mid-season signings. I mean, if they keep George Ott alongside John Albano, that the gold dust that those two have been able to create 
at times in this back end of the season and add in a creative midfield presence potentially in behind them, which I think was an area they were particularly lacking, they will be a different side. Because, yeah, yeah, performance-wise, they weren't a million million miles miles away. Uh, But, yeah, as for Port Melbourne... I think they were they were pretty controlled in this game. Um, they don't have a lot to worry about at the moment. Yeah. Uh, other than a week off, feed other up. than keeping an eye on whoever is the lowest ranked team or sorry, the highest ranked team to to progress um, yeah. out of this weekend's elimination finals. Curious, do you want Oakley? Do you want Green Gully? Who do you would want you want if you're Port Melbourne? Uh, oh, I think a full strength Oakley. You'd definitely say definitely not Oakley. I think Green Gully. I well, I mean that Gully, requires Green again, Gully to again. I to think I think again, it, and of course Heidelberg winning as well. I think Green Gully as well in the I mean, sense that they Port oh, absolutely smacked Heidelberg last time they played. At you J- know what? At you know Murphy. What? You know what? There's no team they wouldn't want. I think Port Melbourne would fancy themselves against any of them. Yeah. They match up really. No, that's true. Them. That's so, that, that's a very good answer. I, I honestly think that for them, there's no specific team that they don't want to play. So I think it's going to be an intriguing watch when they get to that semi final, who they come up against because. Whatever comes up in that game, it is going to be absolutely incredible on that Saturday uh, evening down at, um, down at JL Murphy Reserve. So looking forward yes. to that. Uh, final game from MPL 1, Lockie, because we do need to get to Packer Radio in about 15 minutes' time. So we need to get to MPL 2 and MPL 3 because there's a lot still to cover. Wow. I've but, left you 15 minutes to talk about MPL 2. That's, 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 that's an issue. That's fine. <laughs> that's uh, an issue. Avondale nil, South Melbourne 1. Avondale, yes, missing the finals. We said South Melbourne weren't going to lay down for them, and <laughs> they definitely didn't. They did what they had to do. Langlar with the goal. Um, a red card to Matty Reid at the end kind of just wrapped it all up. Avondale, an end to a season where uh, it's disappointing that they're not playing finals, but I think to an extent, Lockie, when we think about their disrupted preseason, the injuries and everything that has happened, I think to an extent you can almost give them, I wouldn't say a full pass mark in terms of missing the finals, but I think that you can understand that this thing, these things happen and it can catch up with you. It doesn't matter how much depth you've got. And I think Zoki Markovsky's done as well as he can with what he's got. There's been some bad results, don't get me wrong, but I think that that you can you can almost give him a bit of an, a bit of a bit of a pass in that sense. Yeah, I mean maybe I, I'm just the nicer one of us two. Maybe I'm the maybe I'm just being nice here, Lockie. No, I mean I mean I guess I I guess of all the sides that have had various things to deal with in terms of playing a lot of football and the injuries that come with that, I do think Avondale have got a case to make that they're sort of the most impacted because I think they, unlike a lot of other teams who have had the injuries pile on as the seasons progressed, have dealt with them throughout, like mm. consistently over the course of this season. They obviously did have that kind of protracted uh, preseason period because they had to play the Hume in the Doggerty yeah. Cup at the end of the year. And I mean, if you if you think about it, really, Hume and Avondale have probably. But they've been two teams both, that regressed the most. Have both performed underneath their expectations and have probably dropped a similar amount of ladder positions this season. So, yeah, no, I reckon about the same. Yeah, so yeah. You, you have to wonder. I mean, I'm not a sports scientist. I can't <laughs> claim to have but any it, it does add inside up. knowledge it does about add this. Up, but you, you know, the way that sort of intense training, that lack of time to get extra rest in and to build up the load um, as you go through a preseason, I'm sure would make a a significant impact. But yeah, one of these sides who did have the kind of injury hit year um, was going to have to miss out. And I think kind of like what you were saying, it does make sense that it was Avondale because they have had to deal with those injuries all throughout. But like having said that, there were a couple of games this year that were just inexcusable. Like Dandenong City, the loss to Dandenong City, the loss to St. Albans at the start of the year. Like if you, they, they just can't happen. They Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially yeah, the yeah, yeah. No, no, I get that. I get that. Um, it's, but again, it's just one of those things, Lockie. I mean, you got to get those points in those plucky games, but by the yeah. same token, and, Lockie, and I think but, but by the t- same token, Lockie, the Dandy City game was a weird one because Dandy City equally is desperate. Those yeah, are the sort of games true. that you're going on the road. It's a tough game. You've played a few days before that against Mindel Aces as well. Like there is that, that, yeah. that bit of a pass, but I understand the St. Auburn stuff. 
Um, but look, end of the day, it's no finals for them. Um, but I think next year they'll be right back up there again next year, yeah. right up, uh, among the top sides. I think they'll oh, reload. A- absolutely. This, I, I, this, this, is, this is, I think, a blemish. This, I think this, this is will a one, be one and a, done. a blip, like a, yeah. a blip on the radar for Absolutely. Them. So let's go to MPL 2, Lockie, because, my God, was it a, a crazy final day. Um, the way, obviously, it's all ended with Moreland City and North Geelong, uh, the two sides promoted Moreland City, Winning that game 1-0 against North Geelong means they are premiers. They are promoted for the first time in 75 years, that game being at Campbell Reserve, of course. But there was a lot of drama <laughs> in all around when it came to the pro-rail playoffs. Brunswick-Juventus being right on their tails, Lockie, because, of course, Brunswick-Juventus had to win to stay alive and hope that North Geelong would get something. And first, let's actually... Look, you know, we're not going to get to Brunswick-Juventus. There's a lot to cap off because there's some things that happened as well. You might have to record like a mini podcast. Yeah, like I a, know. A post. Just, okay, let's let's just talk about the... Obviously, for the other results. Uh, Lang Warren 3, Manningham 2. Any quick notes Oh, it's a great, I mean, a great game. Crazy um, finish. Uh, a fant- one, one of the best NPL 2 games I've watched this year, personally. And, I've watched, and I had to save for the dead and I've, and I've watched a lot, watched a lot, of, a lot of good ones. Um, Lange 2-0 up, Manningham fight back from 2-0 down, and then Lang Warren score a winner with the last kick of the game. I mean, what more could Did you, you want from for, a dead yeah. rubber? Like, as dead rubbers go, that was about as as alive of a rubber as you could possibly yeah, you know. Brito with the winner as well after Acordo, Salvatore Acordo, scoring the two goals. Uh, Kingston City won, Bulleen won. Kingston actually led in this game, but as a result of that draw, Kingston fall into the bottom two. Uh, Brunswick City winning 4-2 away at GV Suns uh, means Brunswick City is safe. And of course, we'll get to Brunswick Juventus Werribee in just a sec. Pasco Val awarded a 3-0 win against Northcote after that game was postponed. The game was supposed to happen tonight, but Northcote uh, forfeited the fixture. They're playing Melbourne Victory in a friendly tomorrow, so they've uh, opted to go down that route instead. But Pasco Val now, as a result, actually finished third, Lockie. So if there was a pro-roll playoff, um, they'd still be alive. And that's uh, hard to oh, hear. It'd be against the... Hume yeah, as well. That would have been, been a, a ripping game. game. Let's go We've to Campbell. Let's go to Campbell Reserve, though. Well, Money Park, Campbell Reserve. I had the, the joy of calling this game. Moreland City... Winning this game 1-0, Jamie Latham with a goal inside the opening 10 minutes. In, in the sixth minute, in fact, he opened the scoring. Um, there's a few different things about this game that I want to touch on. Uh, first of all, this game almost got called off. Uh, the pitch was not great for those, obviously, who remember, obviously being in Melbourne over the latter parts of the week. It was raining like hell, and a lot of the pitches copped it, hence why the Northcote game was off. Yeah. Campbell Reserve didn't hold up nearly as well as would have liked, um, and the refs left right into the last minute to make a decision. But of course, given the stakes, given you know there was a busload of North Geelong fans that made their way up the highway to the Campbell no, Reserve, the North Geelong fans are like looking at the pitch, looking at what could be on offer if they got the win on the pitch. Like, I'm leaving here. With yeah, something. I'm leaving here with something. But I'm from around the way. But, but unfortunately, Lockie, they didn't leave here with something. No. Uh, it was a great turnout, guys. Say a lot of Moreland City fans came out for this one. A lot of neutrals, a lot of Northcote and Paco guys came down because that game was caught off. It's like, well, what's the game just up the road? Go down to Campbell Reserve. Um, Moreland City took uh, scored the opener through Latham, and I've got to say, it probably was the the, the poor clearance from Flavel. And I, I don't want to call it entirely a poor clearance because the ball kind of bubbled a little bit on the pitch. It was, it was a, bit a poor of an clearance, up and, under, though, and it? it was a bad. He didn't make the most of it at all. It wasn't a great clearance. Not taking anything away from what Moreland were able to do with it. Jamie Latham has been brilliant over the last few weeks. He took the goal well, gave him the lead, and Moreland City were just able to get into their system, defend well against North Geelong, and didn't give North Geelong the freedoms to get forward. Uh, the likes of Mikulic and Salvatore really struggled to get into the game. Um, they came very close, North Geelong, to getting back into it. Kandalian was very lucky not to be sent off. I mean, he with a with a challenge on uh, Lockie McGrath, got a yellow card for it in the end. Uh, and, of course, then Apayakuno had a goal disallowed for a foul, Anthony Bonovats, which would have sealed it. But And I I thought it was a goal. I thought that it should have stood. But in the end, Bonovats got away with it. And then Bonovats almost uh, twice got, got the equaliser at the end. But Moreland City... Hang tough. And look, I just want to say a specific shout out about this game because I had one of the Moreland City players, Byron Figueroa, in my mentions after the game and as well um, exchanging a few words post-game as well. And uh, he's a keen listener of the podcast. And um, for a comment I made in regards, I'm glad, glad he's holding me to an account for it because we say a lot and I'm glad that people are listening and holding us to accounts. really great for the engagement. 
uh, said obviously that you know Aiden Musa-Danagic quote unquote terrorised him in that game against Pasco Val a few weeks now you've ago. See, now you've said it twice. And, that's just rude. <laughs> look, and I've got to give Byron credit. He played really well against Lockie McGrath and Salvatore on the weekend. He held his own brilliantly, and you know what? Rightfully so. Tell me off about it, mate. I I, I appreciate no, being held to account. See, but, the, th- the thing but, is, the thing is. This is actually what we want. Absolutely. Like I, I, if I'm not I, offended by it. Mate, I, I'm glad it spurred him on. If it, that made him play better, I'm we, great. We don't fear accountability. Like no. I, I am openly willing to admit that if Eastern Lions are not double relegated <laughs> next season or they get promoted and they're the best team yeah. in the NPL too, I am perfectly happy for someone from the Eastern Lions, for, I don't know, Aaron Fabris, to grab me by the scruff <laughs> of the neck and go, you fool. Yeah. Don't you remember what you, you know said? What? Like, I'm happy I, with I, this. Honestly, like, you know, I got a lot of respect for for for, for Byron for holding me to account for it. And great as well. That I, and, and you know what? It's great for him. And it's great. And I thought it's the whole team. They defended so well. And Byron was part of that back four, which did brilliantly against Caleb Mikulich. And we've seen how dangerous him, McGrath, Salvatore, Alice, Co, Opperman, when they've been able to get forward, they have been so, so dangerous. And they held their own brilliantly, you know, um, Bavka, Zutsidis, Eilbol, they all did sensationally. Corey Thomas, the whole team was brilliant. Now the big question is what comes next for both these two teams. Because North Geelong, they, I, I think the conditions suited Moreland City. They have played at home so well on that smaller pitch. And North Geelong, who liked to play out from the back, it probably didn't suit the way they wanted to play. There are a lot of sort of quote-unquote saucy players that like to play the ball, mm. uh, like to t- try to take on plays. Moreland City just didn't give them any space. And again, that's a credit to the defence, credit to the setup, credit to Adrian Mathers as well, uh, who's gotten Moreland City up to the top tier. But now it's what comes next. They haven't been in this situation before where they've been promoted, Lockie. I what mean, was the fir- first, first time, time in 75 years in the top tier. Years. And they've gotten so close. They've finally smashed through the glass ceiling. And again, credit to I mean, what a weight that must be off the shoulders Absolutely. But now it's the big one because we saw on Saturday night a certain memes page has already gone early and said congratulations to Mullen City for being relegated in 2023. I just want to say that I hope that that spurs Moreland City on to prove a lot of people wrong because it's one thing making the leap, it's another thing staying in the top tier because it is really hard. Once you get there, mm-hmm. it is really, really hard to stay up. We saw what happened to Eastern Lions. I know it was a very different set of circumstances, but for Moreland City, it is paramount, I think, for them to keep the core of their squad and also build on it because they've got a great starting eleven. but I think as well they they've need got- more. And they've got Dateable. some good, like some good young players. Absolutely, as, as, to build as around. Well. Yeah, they've got um, you know Theodorakopoulos and Max Baseno I mean, and was it, was it not a couple of weeks ago where we talked about Fletcher Fulton on this yeah, podcast? Absolutely. I mean, I, I'm I'm pleased to see those kind of players get the chance to show what they can do as at a high level. I mean, there are when you look at an individual level for this side, there are some really really great narratives. I mean. Someone Corey like Thomas, Christos Theodorakopoulos, yeah. who w- was on the outer at Avondale, did have some promising performances last year, has dropped down, has been dominant in the NPL2 competition, as good as I've seen an NPL2 two player play, and now has got Moreland City back up. Um, Corey Thomas, you mentioned, the players who have been part of that mm. side that went so close. Apaya Kuno, um, the season that he's had, the battle he's had with, uh, with injuries, and now back and scoring that amazing goal against Brunswick Juventus. I mean, you have to... Credit given given they had that eight 0 loss and everyone was like shock waves going yeah. off in the MPL two things turned off that, that was going to be the turning they lost one game after that yeah, lost things, a single game after that yeah. in the past two past two weeks they've played what they've played Pasco uh, Vale, played and, North vale and North Geelong and beat and them both they got they got the win in both games yeah absolutely and the thing is I, again what I'm saying is the main thing about Bourne City is now it's about all right we're there. Now it's time to look ahead and see if they can maintain because it's going to be, God, it's going to be hard next year. Just with the expected improvements of a lot of the sides in around them, as we mentioned about Hume City, Melbourne Knights, Dandenong Thunder, Avondale, they're going to have to really scratch and claw because it's going to be, there's obviously as well, the one thing, Lockie, is there is going to be a target on Moreland City. It's going to be a target on North Geelong as well. They're the new guys on the block. They're the teams that they're expected Teams are going to go up against and say, we're expected to beat you guys. Mm. Moreland City and North Geelong should embrace that, especially Moreland City. They mm. should turn and say, no, you know what, stuff yeah. you. And Moreland City are the and new Moreland guys. City North are, Geelong are the, the new old guys. Yeah, Moreland City just like, no, that's stuff you. Like, we, we, we deserve to be here. We belong here. Let's go out there and let's let's prove a lot of people wrong. And I hope they play with that same – because they – I mean, Byron tweeted it as well after the, the, the Pasco Val game saying, put some respect on our name. Well, you know what? They've earned the respect of coming up to MPL 1, but now it's like, all right, 
Let's get that respect, but keep trying to earn that yes. sense. Like, play with that chip on your shoulder because it could go a long way. If they can maintain their status, it'd be sensational for them because, as we mentioned, it's one thing coming up, but you don't want to be a one and done. And we've seen with North Geelong, when they've got promoted the last two times, they went straight back down. North Geelong, on the other hand, they're going to have a big task this offseason. They've got a really good squad as well, really good starting 11 to build around. It's going to be curious to see whether they can add to that. So that's going to be something to certainly keep an eye on. But Lockie, before we, because we have to start wrapping up, uh, just quickly on Brunswick Juventus Werribee, because when it was 1-0 to Moreland City, uh, Moreland City North Geelong with only a few minutes to go, uh, Brunswick Juventus had taken a 2-1 lead. So it was like, oh boy, if North Geelong score here, my God, like everything's going to fall apart for Moreland. Like Moreland City going to not only lose the premiership, but they're going to fall out of the top two. Mm. And then when, so the Moreland City game ended early and the broadcast ended with the score at 2-1 to Brunswick Juventus. I walk out of Campbell Reserve thinking, oh yeah, you know, it didn't mean anything. Brunswick Juventus still won. And then I see that Hiruma scores a double for Werribee inside the last two minutes to not only, you know, end any hope of Brunswick Juventus going up, but to keep Werribee up. And Lockie, I, I, I got to say it, all right. For those who haven't seen it, I, I, it's the, it's like the, the Simpsons meme of, you know, when, when Ralph gets his heart broken by Lisa, uh, you know, it's that exact moment his heart breaks. He's listening to the Brunswick Juventus live stream and listening to Joe Sellers call of Hiruma's winner, because you just feel his heart break and him saying, all right, we've lost the game. We've lost the game. And you can hear him packing up and he's like, you know, by the grace of God, I hope we're back next year. The disappointment is tangible. We felt that. You feel for Brunswick. Well, everyone, Juventus, re- everyone relates, doesn't it? Everyone's yeah. been there. And I think that's, as someone who's been involved with club broadcast, that's exactly yeah. exactly what you want. Um, Absolutely. Obviously, the result is not it. what you want. But, yeah, the, the realness, the, the pain of, you know, Brunswick Juventus being so close to their top flight return, but, you know, just not quite getting it um, is there for all to see. And I think as much as... That is painful for for Brunswick mm. Juventus. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's. We'll see what that. Well, no, it's good yeah. to have that real passion. Absolutely. It's good to have a reminder of um, of how much that means and how furiously they yeah. will fight next year um, to make sure they don't make the same mistake again. Absolutely. So just whipping through the rest of the games in NPL three lockies, we do have to go in just a second as well. Uh, Melbourne victory falling one 0 to Nunna Whiting, but it wasn't enough for Nunna Whiting to to climb into the promotion places after Western United beat Geelong four. One, Melbourne City's 6-2 win against Springvale White Eagles. Uh, condemned Springvale to relegation after Ballarat City beat North Sunshine at 3 deal, And Preston's 3-0 win against Box Hill was enough to secure the championship. And, of course, in men's state league ones we mentioned, Morris, Borandara, Caroline Springs, George Cross, and Essendon Royals coming up to MPL 3 next year. It's really exciting to see Georgie's back up there as well, just quietly. And, of course, uh, it's a bit sentiment for me with Borandara because I that's my junior club. So very happy to see they've... That, when I was there, Lockie, in 2012, Biased. 2013, they were State League 4. So it's great mm, to see that they've right. made the way up. You know, they merged with Kerry. Uh, shout out to all the people involved as well, to Manny Catrullis, the coach. Uh, they've done a great job with the with where they've come from, and it's going to be great to see them in NPL next season, unless there might be potential some shenanigans. We saw the social media post from Mullen, uh, Mullen City, Malvern City. Uh, so Nick, come on. Yes. You've already got this podcast in enough trouble. Yes. Let's, <laughs> let's not get ourselves in more. <laughs> Anyways, Lockie, before we go, let's get some predictions for this weekend. Let's start with the Pro Rail playoff, shall we? Yep. Sure. Um, Saturday... Western United versus GV Suns. Do GV Suns win one game and stay up, or do Western United go up? I'm going to say Western United win this game 3-1. I mean, if GV Suns win this game, it will be absolutely a heroic effort. Yeah. Like, just because of... Not not because I expect them to be uncompetitive or anything like that. Um, just because of the amount, like, to travel to the Valley Park to have to play this game and play a game that's in Western United heartland. Like, that's a tough... That is a tough... Talk assignment about venue, to yeah. try and save your career. Um, I will be so fascinated to see how Western United deal with Matthew Breeze. Oh, yeah. Uh, that is going to be Matthew Breeze against whoever his midfield opponent is, Noah Holmes, mm. um, is going to be the battle to watch out for. Uh, I do think Western United will drop down some of their best academy talent. Yeah. And as good as Matthew Breeze is, uh, no, Western <laughs> it's United. It's not going to be enough. I'm going to say. Maybe nicer than you. I'm going to say 3-2. Two. 
Kingston, Melbourne victory on Sunday. Now, this is an interesting one because oh. victory as of late, it depends who plays because they have been in some well, 50-50 form as of late. Yes, and also, not the first time these sides have met. Yes. These sides played a preseason friendly, friendly against one we another know what as happened well. on that occasion. Uh, Lucky, you what know what? About. I am going to go Kingston 2-1. Wow. I think Kingston wow. eke a win in this game. Sorry, Oscar. I think Kingston just win this game. These are extra time and penalties, right? Yeah, 2-1 and extra time. Okay. Um, well, I'm going to say two all at full time. Mm. And then oh, victory to win it in extra time. But the second Ooh, phase of extra time, right out. before penalties. Tight, I tight. think irrespective of who stays up or who goes up, um, this will be a really yes. good game because Kingston will fight tooth and nail uh, to to keep themselves in the yeah. NPL 2 to s- avoid that, I guess, what technically would be a double drop for mm. them in terms yeah. of completed seasons. Um, and they've got quality players, so too to victory. Good yeah, game. this will be appointment viewing and, for me. And, uh, you know. Well, it will be for me because I'll be doing the game. <laughs> it will literally be an yes, appointment. I'll put to. it in You've my calendar. you appointed to the game. Yeah, it is uh, genuinely, it's appointment yeah, viewing honestly, for if work I, purposes. Honestly, if, uh, you know. But for those at home too. Yeah, well, maybe I'll tune in from Queensland. We'll see how we go. Yes, you should do that. I, I, I might, I might. I'll, I'll see how I go. <laughs> what I'm doing on Sunday at 2 o'clock, probably going to be on the beach. Um, yeah, watching this game. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, Let's go to the quickly the elimination finals, Lockie. This is tough. Oh, no. The big green. Green oh, Gully, no. Bentley Green, 7.30 down at Green Gully Reserve. Lockie, I'm going Bentley Greens in this one. I'm going a 2-1 win in this game. I think Bentley are going to be too strong. They're getting some players back at the right time. They've hit some form at the right time. I think they're going to stamp their place in a massive, massive, and this is kind of a spoiler for my next prediction, a massive semi against South Melbourne the following week. Oh, God, this is really hard. Uh, no, I'm going to go 2-1 Bentley. Okay. We're on the same page? Yeah, the fact, that, the fact that Pierce Waring is back and can sort of add something off mm. the bench, um, I Dangerous. do think makes a makes a big difference. Um, look, if, I, if, if, if someone could tell me whether Noel Bernardo was playing in this game or not, I could, a lot. it might sway my prediction. But yeah. no, nah, for now, I'll stick with Bentley. Final one. Oakley <clears throat> versus Heidelberg, 8 p.m. Jack Edwards Reserve on Friday. I'm going Oakley Cannons 3-2. I think they. this is going to be a absolute war of attrition between two sides that are just going to throw haymakers at each other. See, the last, the last game these two sides played against each other at Jack Edwards was one of my favorite games of the season. Heidelberg yeah. uh, winning 3-2 in the end. Oh, God. So, lucky. Uh, Come on, be bold, mate. Remember, you can go in extra time. You can you can even do say, the penalties. I'm going to say 1-1, one, one, and I'm going to say Oakley on penalties. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So we both have the same opinion. Port Melbourne, Oakley, South Melbourne, Bentley Greens in the semis. I think so. Yeah. Well, Lockie, that's time. That's, that, that's, you're locking it in? We, we, yep. can, we can wrap up? Although it would be interesting to see a, an, a Greek derby. Uh, oh, yeah. South as a Melbourne versus Heidelberg would be massive. That would be so good. Yeah. Well... Anyways, for those at home, all those games, as we mentioned, will be on NPL.TV this week. So make sure you're all around it. Uh, we'll be back next week. Well, I won't. But, Lockie, you might need to call in uh, potentially Oscar Rutherford and Pakua Frimpong for next nah, week. No, I'll get someone else. It's all oh, good. wow. You're not going to give them the call. You know what? Their form in the twos have been sensational. And even when they've come in, as, as uh, look, we're going to do a bit of an AFL reference here for Oscar because he has his Collingwood scarf on. Uh, uh, this is like having Josh Carmichael and Ollie Henry as the medical stuff. So no one knows what you're talking about. No, no, the Collingwood fans get it. Okay, well, I, I do don't. What they have to do. We saw, you know, this is, this is that. They're, they're coming in. They're ready to go for a full game. I think it's time to get them in for next week. Sure, sure. Yeah. Losing losing the linchpin of this podcast and time to bring in, you know, the two okay. others. I'm quite happy that. for you to go to Queensland. Or you, or are you going to do a solo a solo edition? Well, I'm, a solo I started band. with my Eastern Lions soliloquy. Why not build it into a full show next week? Yeah, who well, knows? Who knows? Well, uh, well, I mean, well, anyway, I mean, join I mean, us next okay. week where I mean, it will be Lockie Flanagan and yeah. Yeah, who knows? Will it be someone? Well, Lockie, you're talking about soliloquies, mate. I mean, you could do it, but your name's not Joey Lynch. But anyways, guys, time for us to uh, wrap up here. On the NPL Victoria pod, miss any of it, head over to our socials, head over to our podcast platforms, be up on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever it might be. It'll all be there. But uh, stick around. Paco Radio on the other side of this with senior head coach Alex Kobo and assistant coach Oliver Stankovsky. So myself, Nick Tabano and Lockie Flanagan, we'll be back next week for a full review of the first week of finals.